Multiple choice question without warning. Hotter, colder, slower, faster. Which one of those is true about how the fuel burns if you tip high octane fuel into your car? I'm Jack Dogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, get questions all the time about this octane rating, generally from people with too much spare time, must be said. They're not smart enough to think about boobies or babes in bikinis or something productive, is what I'm saying. Okay. This is from Wilson, presumably the basketball uh, friend of Tom Hanks in Castaway. I was fortunate enough to buy Kia Serato Sport Hatch approximately eight months ago. Whilst the manual and fuel lid states that the engine will run on E10 and 91 Ron fuel, it will happily all day long for the life of the vehicle. I am financially able to afford the extra 22 cents a litre and use 95 Ron. <laughs> Living the dream of affluence in the West. <laughs> Tipping in the 95. Be still, my heart. As I intend to keep the car for some time, i.e. seven to eight years, are there any long-term benefits by using this fuel or am I simply wasting my money? Yeah, dude. You are simply wasting your money because there will be no tangible benefit to you in using that higher octane fuel. Because we could do all kinds of blind tests where we get three identical Serato, whatever, sports or something, and we could put... E10 in one and 95 in the other and 91 in the other. We could mix them up and do the shell game thing and sit your ass in each of them and you would not be able to tell, dude, because the engine will adapt up slightly if you put high-octane fuel in it, like higher than the minimum recommended by the manufacturer. But the adaptation is a bee's dick, right? Because engines have these little microphones in them called knock sensors, and all they do is a boring job. They just sit there and they listen for knock, and they go, ah, bit of knock. Retard the timing a bit, and a bit of the computer that handles the timing goes, okay, thanks. And they do that over and over and over, hundreds of times a second kind of thing, right? But the adaptation is a bee's dick because octane rating if you really want to capitalize on octane rating then you have to increase the compression ratio of the engine because octane rating is about resistance to uncontrolled combustion basically burning too early kind of thing or in an uncontrolled way so essentially if you increase the compression ratio of an engine the fuel can't tolerate it unless you add higher octane fuel and then the fuel can tolerate the increased compression and you derive a mechanical benefit from that because the power stroke like the expansion takes rain uh, takes place over a greater range of expansion okay and that derives the thermodynamic benefit this ignition timing adaptation is a bee's dick and you can't feel a bee's dick like try Anywho, I've got this one from Marty. Martin with a Y, Marty. Marty970595. It's amazing that there are 970,594 Martys with a Y preceding him, is it not? Marty goes, I have a 1978 MGB with the B Series 1800 straight four. 
Sorry to hear that, Marty. Um, must have been a bit of a cock in a previous life, I'd suggest. Not a total cock, because if you had been a total cock, you'd have a 1978 Rover, I think. Anyway, just interested in the octane rating and the heat of the burn in the cylinder during the power stroke. I would have thought the higher octane would have burned hotter. However, I've been advised it burns cooler. You being the smart dude you are, could you please explain things in anticipation? And no, there are not 970,594 people with the same name spelt the same way. This was my employee number when I started with Shell in the UK in 1976. Now happily residing in WA. Goodness me, happily residing in WA in an MG. I guess that's better than happily residing in Adelaide in that Rover, but... Bees dick. Speaking of bees dicks, that's a bit like octane rating, okay? So, in terms of hot and cold and all of these things that people talk about in their beard stroking bullshit conversations about fuel chemistry, the one caveat on this, okay, is that the mass density of high octane fuels is typically a bees dick higher than the mass density of a lower octane fuel if they're all octane, like gasoline, not talking about ethanol blends because the paradox of ethanol is that it's a high octane fuel but it's got a low energy content okay we'll get to that but when you just think about petrol 91 95 and 98 as the octane rating increases the mass density increases bees dick each time and therefore you get more heat out of it per unit volume because one cubic centimeter of fuel is going to weigh more as the octane rating increases but only by a bees dick and when people say hotter or colder they're really talking about either heat which is a form of energy or temperature which is a level of molecular excitation i guess you'd call it and they're different things okay so when you think about heat and temperature you talk about burning fuel in a car, the octane rating is not really salient to the amount of heat or temperature of combustion because other factors are far more important. For example, if you floor your foot, it opens the throttle and maximises the fuel flow and therefore more burny things happen, more heat is produced, the temperature of the engine will increase depending on the latent cooling capacity of the cooling system, right? And the other thing is the air-fuel ratio, because you can make an engine leaner and leaner and leaner incrementally, and you'll make more power, but it'll also generate more heat, and temperatures will rise, which is a kind of engineering euphemism for you'll melt the shit out of the valves and the pistons, right? Because the temperature goes up massively. And in the context of human health, meaning emissions management, there's also... When you've got too much air and not enough fuel, the main component of air is nitrogen gas. And nitrogen gas at that highly compressed, really high temperature, highly excited state will bond with oxygen and produce NOx, like NOx, oxides of nitrogen, which are bad for human health and the environment generally. So they're more salient in the context of heat. And when you burn fuel, it, it's all the same, essentially, in terms of the heat produced and the temperature of the engine, subject to everything else being equal, such as the air-fuel ratio and the operating conditions, like are you just cruising or are you going for it up the side of a friggin' mountain with your foot buried, you know, like in a hill climb from hell. So 
the Octane rating is really irrelevant to the subject of hotter and colder. And just going back one sec to what I said about ethanol, okay? With ethanol, you've got high octane rating and low energy. You've got about 30% less energy in ethanol. So if you ran a vehicle on ethanol, 100% ethanol, it would burn quote-unquote colder and it wouldn't make as much power because there's not as much energy in ethanol. Another way of looking at this is to say that you would need to tip a shitload more ethanol into it to make the same power as a lesser volume of fuel like petrol being burned. Okay, so they're flip sides of the one coin. You can certainly make an engine make a lot of power on ethanol, but you have to tip more ethanol into it and by extension more air to do that. So in terms of hotter, colder, slower, faster, you're not going to be able to feel it. There's no appreciable difference in those terms and they're kind of meaningless anyway for the end user of a vehicle. And I'd suggest if your car can run on 91, you're not going to be able to feel any difference between any of those fuels and you're just going to be wasting money by putting 95 or 98 in your car. E10, you might be able to appreciate a slight reduction in fuel economy. So slightly worse off there, but even then it's only going to be like two and a half or three percent because there's 30 percent less energy in ethanol and if you dilute it 10 percent with petrol that means there's going to be about three percent less energy in the resulting blended fuel and that means your fuel economy is going to take about a three percent hit although this will be offset somewhat by the increase in octane rating which is likely to be about 93 octane if they use the full 10% ethanol. And let's not forget that the definition of E10 is up to 10%. So it could be zero, right? But it's up to 10. So that's just kind of how that works. The one really important takeaway, however, is that if your car is designed to run on 95, you should absolutely not use 91 or E10 because Combustion can happen in an uncontrolled way. You might know of that as knocking or pinging or pinking. They're all essentially the same thing and they're all very bad at high load. And the same goes if you've got a high performance car tuned for 98 octane fuel. If you run 95 or the other two in that, you're just begging for disaster there. So don't do that no matter how attractive the proposition of saving money might be in the moment. You could just be inviting a very expensive disaster into your monthly budget and you don't want that. The final thing I'd say on all of this, of course, is that the marketing claims made by fuel companies about their fuel, inclusive of premium diesel, and all of these other benefits, such as better for the environment or cleaner, or all of these things, they're bullshit. Okay, and they're based in facts, but the benefit to you is so low in every one of these cases as to be intangible. Like, you won't be able to feel it or measure it. You'd have to go into a laboratory to appreciate any difference. So the benefit to you is zero, and the difference is, well, the biggest impact on you is going to be in your wallet, right? If you don't need the high-octane fuel, don't bother with it because your car is not going to run any better. It's not going to be any cheaper to maintain over the long term. It's just marketing hype.